We made this. Ladies and gentlemen, it was a cold-blooded, premeditated murder. To the Red and Buried Podcast. I'm Frankie. <laughs> I'm Sarah. And Sarah, I don't know if you noticed, but I tried something different with the intro there. <laughs> uh, no, what was new? I thought, yeah, I finally start using my real voice because mm. it is spooky season. <laughs> my favourite season of the year. So I, I was just saying to Sarah before we started recording, I have somewhere a Halloween soundboard that I have, over the years of podcasting with Sarah, utilised to great effect, I would say, <laughs> on spookier yeah. episodes. Yeah, mm-hmm. you've nailed yeah. it. Um, I'm sad it's Thank not you. making an appearance today, but you've promised me that there will be sound effects edited in afterwards, so... Yes, I think it's the least I can do. Not that you'll ever listen, but they'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And that's what counts. I have, uh, for the benefit of our listeners, I've seen Frankie once today already in person. Lovely. But she has taken both opportunities now to point out that I don't listen to any of her podcasts. So (laughs) continuing the theme. Yeah. The theme is passive aggression. And (laughs) the funny thing is, when you say both of my podcasts, you're literally half of one of them. (laughs) Okay, I've told you, my mother has started listening to Red and Buried, and that's for both Hi, of Maggie. us, really. Hi, Maggie. That's not really how it works, but sure. Mm. Thank you, Maggie. Lovely to have you on board, at least. I think <laughs> the, the better Dixon, I would argue. Yeah, fair. Definitely but. fair. So I don't think that we've shared with our lovely listeners that we've actually changed the theme for this month's podcast slightly. Correct. Um, well, yes. first of all, welcome to a normal, in inverted commas, episode. Yes. We've had quite a few as author as we interviews can recently. Yes, true. So yes, but I cannot even remember. We were doing something true crime related, I think. That was the plan. Yeah. But Frankie pointed out we're coming up to Halloween. So Yes, we decided to switch it up slightly and Frankie's suggestion was to do something spooky. Um, that sort of theme for Halloween. I've already admitted this to her. I failed slightly in that assignment, um, but I did go for Halloween uh-huh. related. So I think I've saved myself slightly. I think that's, I will allow it because... I know that you're not a really big fan of like ghosty, spooky, horror-y kind of things. So No, no. Be- I'll allow it. Believe it or not, I don't like horror films or, well, I don't like horror as a genre in general. Um, I'm a bit of a chicken, actually, when it comes to that stuff. Which came first, you as a chicken or you as an egg? I think think me as a chicken oh interesting profound mm. yeah you are not a fan of the horror stuff and i accept that about you i'm disappointed but i accept it <laughs> but it's but it's all good because it leaves all the more horrory goodness for me because i bloody love it and yeah. actually you might be a little surprised by my book because it's i was tempted to go super horror and i 
didn't grow super horror. I went more spooky, as it's um, traditionally pronounced. So <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, I think this is the perfect time of year, though, to go to read something a little bit darker, a little bit creepier, and there are so many great really good horror books out at the moment so equally if anyone listening has a really good recommendation for some horror books please send them our way at red and buried podcast on the socials um yeah. or email red and buried podcast at gmail.com frankie would love that i wouldn't um, <laughs> but she'll have a if you have any time. children's literature little fucking lady <laughs> books for Sarah. oh my god i should have read harry potter halloween features in a lot of the books i really missed a trick you should have read Harry Potter because it is a, a, the equivalent of a modern horror story now, given the way that Rowling has gone in recent years. Yeah, well, she's really doubled down lately, so yes. Mm. Um, I wonder if we're ever going to get through an episode of this without <laughs> one of the following. Me criticising you for J.K. Rowling. <laughs> Me criticising you for never listening to the podcast. <laughs> Uh, we should make like a bingo card it's mainly me being a dick and i only i can only apologize sarah no it's part of your charm i have to say as well before we start do you know what i did have a book in mind for this theme that i wanted to read but it's still not released mm -hmm. as of recording and it was sally ann martin's book the clinic i was like that would have been would perfect have been yeah set in an yeah. old um psychiatric hospital i mean what a setting for halloween yeah. but yes it's not out till next week i believe so yes that's right have to wait. Oh, and that was such a fun interview as well yeah my favorite part of that interview which is people won't know uh listening normally when we finish up recording like you know we'll say like thanks for listening everyone okay bye bye and like we'll stop recording but then we'll chat to the author for a bit afterwards <laughs> and just say oh thank you so much literally we're like okay thanks for listening everyone okay bye and sally Ann was like bye and <laughs> hung up the call legend it was so funny it was hilarious <laughs> and i messaged her after to be like okay bye then <laughs> and she was like oh no i didn't realize i thought you know i'm never one to leave a party early <laughs> the irony because i 100 am the person to leave a party early same mm. yeah historically it would be me giving you a lift home from the party early <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. out together. <laughs> worked out really well didn't it <laughs> Yeah, it really did. Those were very convenient times. But uh, yeah, that this, this really cracked me up. We were like, okay, bye, bye. And she didn't realise it was for the benefit of the listener. Gone. <laughs> Brilliant. Love it. Love a swift exit. I'm going to kick things off for this spooky <laughs> episode. I'm going to see if I can make it longer every time I say it. The, the goal is to pass out by the end. So the book that I chose was, as I say, not a strict, not a horror in the traditional sense, perhaps it's, but it has got spooky, supernatural kind of feels to it mm -hmm. is The Burning Girls by C.J. Tudor. Oh, I do like a bit of C.J. Tudor. Good pick. I don't yes. think I've read this one, so... So this is, it's, um, I believe it came out last year. I could, you know what? I'm holding it in my hands. I could literally check <laughs> the publication date. Uh, it came out 2021. Yes, it came out last year. I'll read the old synopsis on the old back, shall I? Please, yes. 500 years ago, eight martyrs burned. 30 years ago, two teenagers vanished. Two months ago, a vicar died mysteriously. Welcome to Chapelcroft. For Reverend Jack Brooks and teenage daughter Flo, it's a fresh start. New job, new home. 
But in a close-knit community, old superstitions and a mistrust of outsiders mean treading carefully. Yet, right away, Jack has more frightening concerns. Why did no one say the last vicar killed himself? Why is Flo plagued by visions of burning girls? And who is sending them threatening messages? Old ghosts with scores to settle can never rest, and Jack is standing in their way. Oh, this sounds like a very Ooh. franky book. Spooky. And do you know what annoyed me, right? So after I'd bought this book with my own money and then was reading the back, guess who's bloody quoted on the back? Our old friend, Chris fucking Whitaker. <laughs> always Chris Whitaker. The man loves the quote. Yep. Quote whore, Chris Whitaker, <laughs> as we call him. Um, I'll get into the old burning girl. So for a start, it appeals to me for the spooky season because obviously it's mentioning things like, you know, kind of witchy things, burning girls, super spooky kind of feel. So that was what jumped out to me. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, the book itself, as it starts anyway, so Jack is a is a woman, Reverend. Oh, Ooh. didn't get that from the Goodness. Are you scandal. upset now? Yeah, I mean, it goes against... <laughs> like it is a real horror story. Every Catholic cell in my body. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a woman, Reverend. Uh, so she and her daughter Flo, they, so they've just moved to Chapelcroft. They've had to leave uh, their previous parish. That's the that's the churchy word, isn't it? For mm-hmm. um, where you work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when you're a reverend. And uh, so but she left under slightly mysterious circumstances. It's kind of implied that she was told, well, it's told that she's, she, had, she had to go due to something that happened there, which Ooh. you find out more later on. But Jack got involved in something that perhaps she shouldn't have. So they moved to Chapel Croft and it's a weird little old village. Very old school, very witchy. It reminds me of actually kind of Burley in the New Forest, which is a very witchy <laughs> little town where I spend yeah. a lot of time. And they have a, yeah, as it, as it said in the in the blurb, there was this, there's this tradition they will talk about quite a lot about these mar- eight martyrs that were burned as witches. Part of this this mythology around these eight martyrs that were burned, it's said that if you see the burning girls, some terrible fate will befall you. <laughs> Something like that. So that's fun. So Flo, her younger daughter, who I would liken to a bit of a Lydia Deeks from uh, Beetlejuice, Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got a bit of a spooky vibe. She's a little bit of an outsider herself and, you know, struggles to fit in and she's, you know, thrilled to be living in this weird little place. She's always got a camera on her. She's a bit cool. She's a bit, you know, outsidery. And uh, she starts seeing the burning girls, which is, you know, not ideal. No, I would say. no, not great. <laughs> not, not the best. <laughs> and Jack, quite, you know, I don't want to spoil too much, but she finds out that the previous uh, vicar, from the off from the start, I'd like to apologise if I get all the religious terminology wrong, because I know there's a difference between denominations about vicar, reverend, priest, you know, all that stuff, and it's pure ignorance on my part, and I can only apologise if I upset anybody. I don't mean to. Mm. So, the previous church man, yeah, that worked there, mm-hmm. uh, he did kill himself. Church and... man, we're off to a good start. <laughs> <laughs> I felt that was a good catch. Sorry, church person. I thought that was a good catch-all, potentially. Uh, Mm. Reverend. I know it's a reverend. So the reverend killed himself and it was kind of not told to her before she got there. And she 
kind of is there's, there's a bit of suspicion around his death some people are like oh yeah none of us saw it coming other people are saying oh no there was some other stuff at, at play here so it's kind of it's a spooky kind of start to it but then it kind of unravels to be more of a mystery to solve and it also kind of intersplices you know jumps back and forth between time periods it focuses as well on these two teenagers that disappeared without a trace and one of the teenagers her mother was very very religious and there's a lot of talk about exorcisms in this book and jack when she first arrived finds an exorcism kit left out for her in the church mysteriously with one of these as part of the burning girls and the martyrs thing they people make these straw um, dolls that you you know set fire to to, to relive the trauma of <laughs> relive the fun of people that were burned i guess wow <laughs> it's a bit like you know the guy forks thing it's like it's nice to remember when someone mm. you know died mm-hmm like that <laughs> by uh, burning their the effigies <laughs> yeah yeah you, you know, but you know what actually i think if when i die i wouldn't mind if people did that to me at least it's like something a bit fun and different okay okay yeah that makes sense yeah i mean yeah you'll probably outlive me because you're much healthier you live a healthier lifestyle <laughs> than i do but you know <laughs> um if by the grace of god you go first <laughs> i promise that i'll make little frankie <laughs> effigies for your funeral <laughs> Thank you so much. And I also like that that's the hope. Fingers crossed, eh? Yeah. That I go <laughs> the dream. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, my promise to you is that if I do go first, I will, if there is such a thing as the afterlife and ghosts and stuff, I'll come back and give you a sign. I'd really appreciate that. I know what hard that. and skeptic you are. Yeah. Oh, actually, no, first I'll go see Hannah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hilarious. Because <laughs> that would be hilarious, yep. <laughs> that would be really funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you'll get a warning that I'm coming, but like it'll be, yeah, I'll start with Hannah. Um, Perfect. Anyway, back to the book. So, yeah, so as I said, it starts off a little bit supernatural and spooky and turns up being a bit more of a kind of murder mystery thriller kind of vibe, mm-hmm. which uh, is is really fun. It's really well written. And the characters themselves, um, I would say Jack is an interesting character because she's a kind of, she's positioned at the beginning as like a bit of a, you don't know if you can trust her because she's obviously had this issue at her previous church. She's a little bit flawed. She's got some secrets. She's got some baggage as well. It turn, I, I don't want to spoil too much. It turns out her husband, who was also a, a reverend, I guess they you know, they say you meet your partners at work. Uh, he <laughs> died tragically as well. And there's this whole other kind of subplot around her kind of past but for the most part she's just like a nice woman trying to do right by her daughter and she's trying to give this fresh start and integrate into this weird little village where they're not 100 percent thrilled that they have a woman reverend um, well you know yeah. much like you were when totally you understandable yeah <laughs> yeah it's disgusting obviously uh, so <laughs> yeah and <laughs> <laughs> and then the flow tries to kind of become just get along in this weird little village and she meets some of the teenagers there some of them aren't very nice she kind of finds a kinship with this one boy and yeah between them they go on a bit of a i would say dark adventure to a degree uh overall i don't want to go into too much detail is to there's so much to it there are so many parts to it but not in an overwhelming way it's not an overly crowded book mm-hmm. um and you know because sometimes they you know the author will weave in so many plot lines that it gets oh, a bit over overwhelming it's not like that it's well crafted and it's you know a smooth journey through it i would say so i did really enjoy it i personally would have liked more spooky but that's how i feel mm-hmm. about most things in my life up the spooky obviously but i did i also equally 
Yeah, but on the flip side, I tell you what, I'm a walking contradiction because on the flip side, I get a little bit turned off when I'm like reading a book or watching a film and it's a solely supernatural kind of thing or something's built up in a really interesting way and you're like, oh, is it supernatural? It feels a bit of a cop-out sometimes. Mm-hmm. But in this, it didn't feel like a cop-out. I'm thinking more specifically, <laughs> I doubt you'll have seen Have you ever seen the film Jeepers Creepers? No. No, I can't imagine it's your cup of tea. But in, not to spoil Jeepers Creepers, a film that came out probably about 25 years ago at this point. So I kind of feel like if you haven't seen it, that's on you. Um, but in Jeepers Creepers, there's this, these, these young kids are driving, um, they're on a road trip and this p- person's following them. And you think, oh my God, this is really scary. This guy's out to harm this, this real person. Oh my God, I have seen it. Right. So you know. So it's going to be a massive bug man. And yeah. you're like, what? And it really ruins it because if it was a person doing that, a real person, way scarier than a giant bug man that I just think, you know, a good SWAT would probably do the trick. Well, yeah, that's kind of, that is a lot of my issue with supernatural stuff Mm. in novels. That's why it doesn't massively interest me because like you said, it feels Mm. like a massive cop out. But this doesn't, this one isn't a cop out, you know, it's still got a spooky feel to it, but it is rooted i would say in in human misdeed so i really enjoyed it and as i say i think that she painted a really vivid picture and captured that kind of small town wicker man kind of feel uh to some of these older villages and particularly in england so yeah i enjoyed it overall and i would recommend it it's not the spookiest of spooky halloween reads but it's a lot of fun and you know there's definitely for someone, I think this is a good one for you, someone like you that maybe doesn't love spooky but likes a little bit of a darker tale because it does balance the two very nicely. So overall, I would give uh, The Burning Girls four tombstones. Oh, good review. Good rating. Yeah, Very solid. impressed. Oh, you know, what? this is the thing with Red and Buried, you'd think like we do more about, you know, tombstones and stuff. It's kind of, this is our season. Mm, that's true. We should have done this from a graveyard, this podcast today. Hmm. Yeah, well, maybe <laughs> a bit wet, bit cold. Save that as a potential for the future. Maybe next year, next mm. Halloween. Maybe next year, and I'll have found the soundboard by then, hopefully. Yeah, which would really finish it up. <laughs> oh, nothing better than oh my god, in the graveyard with sound effects. Perfect. Imagine, imagine, glorious. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Sarah, let's talk about your book. Yeah, so. Like I said, I didn't go with a horror. I went, but I did go mm-hmm. Halloween themed. Um, I read the book Halloween Party by Agatha Christie. Ooh. I know, and it's only going to get worse, I'm afraid, Frankie. So I will start by reading the blurb. At a Halloween party, Joyce, a hostile 13-year-old, boasts that she once witnessed a murder. When no one believes her, she storms off home. But within hours, her body is found, still in the house, drowned in an apple-bobbing tub. That night, Hercule Poirot is called in to find the evil presence. But first, he must establish whether he is looking for a murderer or a double murderer. I'm sorry, but when you just said Hercule Poirot, I felt a dopamine rush throughout my body, (laughs) just hearing his name. I was like, ah, there it is. Adorable. There's my boy adorable and i'm a bit upset already at your tone in the approach of this yeah so i will get a little bit more into the book in a moment i didn't love it Mm. i know i know i'm sorry i mean 
a less good Agatha Christie is still better than the majority of books out there. So I think we can True. remind ourselves of yes. that. Remind you of that. <laughs> <laughs> when I was sort of reading up about it after I'd finished reading the book, I realised that it was one of the last that she wrote. Mm-hmm. And obviously there were rumours abound that she was suffering from Alzheimer's at that point and the quality of her writing was known to drop slightly. No, not mm-hmm. even the quality of her writing, but I feel like maybe she couldn't weave together plots in the same way as she did throughout the majority of her career perhaps Mm -hmm. it wasn't a bad book by any means don't get me wrong damn right (laughs) it just definitely was not my favorite agatha christie that's fair thank you you've taken that very well i was a little bit frightened to tell you all this i'm stabbing myself under the table with a (laughs) with a fork (laughs) making an effigy of me as we speak out of straw burning girl exactly (laughs) it was a really good halloween read i think in part because my mum used to throw us halloween parties most years your mum's the best maggie yeah very cool i think in part it was because she didn't want us to be like begging to go out trick-or-treating so this was a good way to stop us from doing that but yeah i mean we would have the parties at home and um with friends and stuff and we would do apple bobbing and all that sort of thing so it was quite nostalgic Mm -hmm. reading the first part of it with the party and all the kids there it went slightly downhill after that i think first of all it had all the building blocks to be a really really good mystery murder mystery um agatha christie Mm -hmm. thriller you find out basically that it's well first of all did joyce witness a murder or was she being an attention-seeking 12 13 year old girl Mm -hmm. i forget which um and there's a lot of debate about that but then as poirot starts digging into it he discovers there's a whole multitude of options that could be the murder she witnessed which is hilarious in this small english town like midsummer yeah very very much so very much so yeah so obviously he's investigating that alongside the actual murder of joyce spoiler sort of spoiler alert there is another murder slightly Mm. later in the book and various other attempted murders there's lots of action that happens through it it Mm -hmm. just i don't i can't i don't think i can really say what my biggest turn off in the book was without giving away a huge spoiler well i think to be honest a a bit like with jeepers creepers i kind of feel like this book has been out for a really long time so how about we say from now there's going to be spoilers up ahead if you don't want to listen totally fine you can you can drop off now or you can just turn the volume down and keep it playing so we get the the listening statistics preferably that one thank yeah, you listener definitely um it's also it's not i'm not going to say who who did which murders blah 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 but the bit that really kind of made me go oh come on was um someone essentially gets dragged off to be sacrificed on an altar as part of the occult and that's me I don't buy into that kind of thing. God, how snobby did that sound? I don't buy into that kind of thing. (laughs) That's awful. You're so above cults, Sarah. I know, I know. That was a little bit of a eye-rolling moment for me when I already wasn't bought in. There were lots of good parts about the book, though. I mean, it's Poirot, for a start, legend. Mm -hmm. Um, I really like Ariadne Oliver, who also featured in this one. Love Ariadne. Yeah, love it when she pops up. So yeah, it was... It was a nice Halloween read, and I think had I read it and it wasn't by Agatha Christie, I probably would have come away thinking that it was a lot better than I did. But because I was comparing it to all right. of Agatha's other works, first name terms, me and Agatha. The bar's um, too high. 
yeah, it was just one of my less favourite, possibly my least favourite Agatha Christie's that I have read so far. Whoa. I've not read them all. I know. Burn. And yet I would still give it three tombstones. It was a really good read. It was lovely for this time of year. It just, like I said, it didn't stack up with her other works. Unfortunately, I feel awful. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. I'm just surprised because I thought a book with a child murder in it would be right up your street. That's like your favourite thing. (laughs) I love dead children, Sarah. I know. It's it's my favourite kind of murder. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Favourite genre. Yeah. What I, I, I do understand what you mean. I think, to be honest with you, the, the book itself is, uh, I really like it. I think the story and I think the the kind of misdirection within it, I think is really clever, yeah. which is spoilers. It wasn't Joyce that saw a murder. Mm-hmm. And that I thought, it's, I think that is so clever because we all knew that kid when we were kids who would just mm-hmm. lie all the time and tell ridiculous stories and nobody believed them. And after I'd be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then that kind of leading to a child's murder is just so dark and genius. Like I think that premise is fascinating and stunning. And I also... Uh, I, I've seen criticism of this one before. People have been like, oh, you know, they're all so quick to be like, oh, it must have been some random murderer, some random psychopath. But I think that is a normal reaction when there's a horrific murder in your village. You don't want to think it's someone that you know that did it. You want to mm. pin it on some other person, some random stranger, because then that takes it away from your home. Absolutely. So I thought that was real. And even with the sacrifice part, it's that that to me is more kind of inherent to the character that leads the the character off for the sacrifice it's more inherent to me in his narcissism and his yeah his kind of the way that he has structured his belief system to like does that make sense yeah no I get that I think for me it, it kind of harked back to what we were talking about before with the supernatural stuff feeling like a bit of a cop-out the mm. reason that I really like crime thrillers all that kind of thing is because I like to dig into how people's brains work to get them to that point and when it's something like Mm. oh he you know devil worshipper or occult or whatever it feels almost like we were saying about the supernatural thing it's a little bit of a cop-out and I think that's because I I can't really Mm. understand that thought process so yeah maybe that's it I do find it really funny that you're like oh a cult is so stupid but you read a book about a wizard school I know well That's kind of hilarious in itself because I'm not a fantasy reader. Yeah. Yeah. Just it's Harry Potter, isn't it? But all else aside, the one thing I will take away from that book is what an incredible way to go being drowned in an apple bobbing tub. Oof. See, is that not brilliant? And it's a child. Brilliant. So (laughs) brilliant. So good. Wow. Yeah, very much so. I have to say, the TV adaptation with David Touche of this is outstanding. It's one of my favourite ones. I okay. watch it every Halloween. It's so it's so well done. I can't stress this enough. So I highly recommend to you and anyone listening, if you've not seen the Halloween party episode of David Touche's Hercule Poirot, go and check it out because it's really, really good. And it's the perfect balance of spooky and scary, I would say. Okay. Well, I commit to you that I will watch it over this Halloween period. I mean, any excuse. Yeah, exactly. Not to listen to the podcast. I do have had it, but whatever, that's fine. Um, So... (laughs) 
So that was a three tombstoner then? It was, yeah. Um, like I said... For Agatha a, a, Christie. It was a really good read. It just didn't do it for me, unfortunately. I'm sorry, Agatha. I'm sorry, Frankie. It sounds like it's more you're the problem, um, which makes more sense to me. <laughs> I wouldn't rule that out. It makes sense, 100%. Oh, wow. Well, what a fun, spooky time we've had tonight. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> oh, yours is so much better. Thank you. Years of practice. Mm -hmm. I think I've told you before that I used to be cast as the bad, the villain in every school play because I could cackle on demand. Yeah. Still got it, baby. I was always like the angel or, <laughs> yeah, very boring that type makes, cast because I had blonde hair. So, we haven't discussed what our next theme is, but I think we should just go back and do the one that we missed this time. So, yeah. um, true crime set any time before a certain period. <laughs> is it the fifth? Is it the, was it before the fifties? Did we say? Yeah, I think so. Let's go with that. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, frog in my throat. Yeah, before the fifties, I think that will still be a really interesting one to do. So we'll do that next. Definitely. Before then, we've got. So many author interviews coming up. Yeah. My goodness. We do. We've got some really, really exciting. Ones. Yeah. It's very yeah. exciting that people do actually want to come and talk to us or they're too embarrassed to say, no, absolutely not. But I'll take it, whichever one. Well, well, because we're at the point now, not to like a humble brag, but people are asking to come on and we're getting lovely emails from people. So it's not even that we're forcing to, we don't force all of them. There is, cons there is, you know, active, enthusiastic consent on both sides. <laughs> and I'm grateful for it. Always grateful for active, enthusiastic <laughs> consent. Yeah. <laughs> Our favourite. And also, if you've got any more ideas for themes or authors you want to speak us to speak to, please do send them our way. Um, you can, as I say, email us at redandberrypodcast.gmail.com or on the social networks. Tell us because we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. You can find us on all the social networks at Red and Berry Podcast look at that nailed it what a pro <laughs> i know <laughs> so thank you very much for listening let us know if you've got any spooky reads in the works for this excellent halloween weekend i say excellent it's excellent for frankie i couldn't give a toss it's excellent for a lot of people actually sarah again i think you're the problem here but have a wonderful spooky halloween everybody and we'll see you in the less spooky but equally fun next month as we get closer to christmas my Yay! god <laughs> we can all right that. thank you for joining us bye bye 100 years since Nosferatu first terrified audiences on the big screen. 30 years since Francis Ford Coppola gave us Bram Stoker's Dracula. And um, 10 years since Dark Shadows with Johnny Depp. Vampire Videos is a podcast taking a look at this iconic blood-sucking monster on film and television. I'm Dan Owen. And I'm Hugh McStay. And we're here to guide you through a century of vampirism on film. From Hollywood's golden age with Bela Lugosi as Count Dracula. To the more lurid hammer horrors of the 60s and 70s starring Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. Through to the 80s boom in vampires which brought these creatures of the night into the modern age. And everything this century's had to offer us. From foreign and independent films, spoof comedies and even teenage love stories. Yes, I'm talking about Twilight. We aim to cover it all one bite at a time. So join us on a voyage into 
into the depths of vampire cinema, old and new, with weekly guests offering their own insights and expertise. And why not follow us on Twitter, at Vamp Videos. A proud part of the We Made This Podcast Network, subscribe now to Vampire Videos, and thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening.